Thanks for joining us at the Shape Your Work podcast. We're all about people, workplaces, and everything in between. Whether it's about engagement, satisfaction, experiences, we cover it all here. I'm Ali Khan, and together with Simone Fenton Jarvis, we also talk to guests about their diary of an employee. What are their lived experiences, life stories, challenges, and actions? Today, we'll be joined by Alan Miles from Scotland, talking about the ups and downs of the newspaper print industry and life as a printer. Let's say hello to Alan Miles. Okay, so I'm Alan, as you've just said. Um, I'm 59 years old, so I'm very much at the tail end of my career, a few years to go until retirement. Um, for 42 years, I've worked in the printing industry, uh, 34 years of which I've worked in uh, newspaper production, so uh, which I currently do, um, and I work as a press room shift manager in a Scottish national newspaper, um, amongst many other titles that we print as well. So that's that's what I do. Well, so what, like, what out of uh, all of them years that you've been working, what would you say has been your kind of like the biggest change that you've seen over that time? I would say the biggest change that happened was, funnily enough, just around the time that lockdown came in, we lost a massive contract we'd had for a very long time with a, with a national newspaper. Um, they, they, they took it away from us and that made colossal changes. Usually in newspapers, that's the death knell. I've seen it many times. That, that would close a plant down. Um, but we've managed to survive that. So we lost a lot of people. I mean... 20, 20 years ago, we had 175 staff in the place I currently work. Um, now we're down to about 36, I think. So we lost a lot of people. So that's been the biggest change. You know, that was a scary time for everyone. So yeah. uh, then we've had to change how we work. Obviously, as you hear a lot about nowadays, people having to um, do more work with less people. So, yeah, I would say that's been the biggest change in that whole time, probably uh, start of lockdown. What about, um, like, you know, you Alan. just said you worked for the same company for, like, you know, the thir- 34 years. I'm just thinking, like, I think the internet was, like, launched in the early 90s, which is probably when you started doing your role. Like, has have you seen that kind of even impact your, your role, your career, as, I guess, the world's become more technologically driven? Well, that's an interesting question, actually, because I recall, I think we were the first newspaper in the world. We had a top secret department. You know, we used to work in the city centre uh, in a big building, hundreds of people, which we really don't have now. But And we had a top secret department and they were working on on getting online news. And I think we were the very first to do that. So even then, they were, they were thinking of moving away from print and news becoming more of an online thing. So, yeah, that, that was, it was all a bit top secret. Um, I don't think anything, you know, major came of it for us particularly. I think we just have gone with the flow with everyone else on that front. But, yeah, I mean, that's been a, that's been a massive change, the whole online thing. Yeah, and you're right, yeah, that, that did coincide with, with, with when I started out. Um, and I think they're still trying to make that a thing, but I, I suspect that the print revenue, as little as it probably is now, still outstrips you know, the online subscriptions, which is the way they really want to go. But there's still a bit of a battle there. Alan, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm just about old enough that you can have a job for life. That was what, you know, would happen back in the 70s and 80s. There I give my age away to people. And, um, you know, you've been there for 34 years. You've seen a lot change around you. So you've had that consistency, but surely you would have been influenced by other people around you. Is there anybody else that inspired you? Um, I would say, for me personally, more outside the workplace. Um, I, I have a, a best friend I've known since I was eight years old, and we went to primary school together all through school. And he he left Glasgow when, when he was 21 um, and has become a, a big player, um, global CEO in the insurance industry. And uh, I've very much followed his trajectory and, and uh, that's very much inspired me, I think, following him um, and all his experiences. So that, that's been quite a big thing for me. I've very much enjoyed following his journey. Okay, so, you know, I guess we, we've picked up there. You've, you've had the, the big influences. Technology has kind of been, I guess, massively evolving as time has gone on. Out of the people that have influenced you and the technology, I guess, that's influenced you, what do you think has made you most productive? That almost the people and the skills that you've learned or the technology that you've kind of been using? Um, I think, actually, to be honest, that we've been lucky to survive all through this. Our, in technological terms, the actual printing side has not been so influenced. So hundreds of people have lost their jobs in the process that lead up to the printing side of it. So, you know, the desktop publishing side did away with compositors and all that stuff. But the actual printing side of it has remained largely the same. So we, we still have to pretty much do the same thing. Um, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I think what keeps us productive is um, we, we very much have to work to tight deadlines. And that, you know, that keeps us going. And you have to be physically and mentally agile um, to, to do that nowadays. And we're actually busier now than we've ever been. So, yeah, that, that's that's quite a big thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, I, I look back on different, like, decades and compare it to, like, music. And um, I will, if I always want to look at some kind of like retro music for me, it's all about the 90s. I'm like, oh, yeah, 90s music. It's all that kind of like, yeah, that really is a throwback. If you're going to put that into like work terms, what decade of of working do you think really stands out for you? And and guess why? Yeah, the 90s probably encompassed the greatest change through that whole period. And even, even things like, even news things that happen stick in your mind. You know, I, I've, I've been there right through all kinds of things, you know, the, the the Princess Diana event. And I remember one thing that really sticks out is 9-11. I was working in the newspaper that day, and that was a massive thing. That really sticks in my mind. But, yeah, I suppose I would say the 90s as well. For I would say that's been where most change has happened, um, you know, and whole departments being wiped out by technology, just the news stories, things that happened in that decade, um, and just the technological changes that I would say, yeah. I was actually in New York this week, and the the whole 9-11 situation, like, I can only imagine what was that, that was like working at a newspaper when that was happening. It must have been absolutely crazy. So, um, yeah, I can see why that one stands out well, for you. 
Yeah, I've I've happened to be on when we always used to say, "Oh, I hope I'm not going to be on when the Queen dies." You know, we've said that for years, and, and I was so. Yeah, yeah. These, these kind of things have a massive influence in the newspaper, and it creates quite an atmosphere as well. Election nights were always a big thing. You would do multiple editions, you know, when there's a general election and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, these were always quite exciting times. And something yeah, something always, broke the uh, monotony, and it, it can be quite. Yeah. There's always certain events that happen, isn't there? and you can always look back and think, oh, I know where I was for that. Um, and if we were going to put that into our normal kind of like working day as well, like, you know, if you get any funny stories about where you've caught people red-handed, like what were they doing? And it takes you right back to that moment. Okay, so one thing I can think of, um, so print sites and newspapers were always in city centre sites, and they aren't anymore. Um, they're all greenfield sites now, but it was always, it's like Fleet Street, you would be familiar with. There were loads of different newspapers in Fleet Street. So there used to be a saying, where there's ink, there's drink. So alcohol was a massive thing. All the journalists, all the staff, you know, people drank. That was the way it was. So in our previous site um, in Glasgow City Centre, we had a lot of staff and there was a lot of drinking going on. So one night, uh, the night production manager happened to live near one of the press assistants who was a bit the worse for wear. So he offered to run him home. So this guy fell asleep in the back of the car. And when they got to his house, he had to wake him up. And he actually said to his boss, oh, thanks a lot, driver. How much do I owe you? And then proceeded to exit the car from the wrong side and the production manager watched this guy go over to the house opposite his and try and get in with his key. And that, that believe me, is one of so many stories. That, that was just the culture in these days. It was incredible. There were so, so many stories like that with, uh, you know, people caught up in that crazy culture of drinking, you know. And the thing was, they could never, they could never really stop it because... You know, they didn't say you can't have a drink. So, of course, whenever you challenged anyone, what would they always say? Well, I've just had one, I've had one pint. So, and how could you possibly challenge that? There was no sort of zero tolerance. So, they, they, they were tricky times. So, yeah. My, uh, my biggest piece of advice I think that I give to people is like, don't get too drunk around your work colleagues. Like that, that for me is like just, just don't, just don't do it for them funny stories because they just follow you everywhere. But like, if you were going to give a good piece of advice to, to a colleague or a friend, like what, what would it be? Um, in terms of just general advice, or yeah, I mean, yeah, when, when do you mean like when somebody starts starts the job, like a younger person or something coming in, yeah. that kind of thing. Sorry, yeah. do you want to ask that again then or no? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I guess the best piece of advice that you would give to somebody, you know, a, a, an employee joining your company, what would it be? Well, I, I would always say to someone, always do your best, be enthusiastic. And I think the biggest thing, and I've noted this with people, young people that started with us in the past, um, is always ask questions. And what I've found is people always love to talk about what they know and what they do. If you speak to anyone and show an interest in what they do, just step back and watch them, watch it roll. You know, they'll just they'll talk forever because you, you've tapped into something they're really interested in. So I'd say that's the biggest thing. You know, put your best foot forward and always turn up on time. That's a big one, big one of mine. Um, 
but ask lots of questions and always be interested and, and you'll get on fine. So th thanks, uh, th Alan, this is, this is fantastic. Um, you know, insight, you're helping us really understand the, you know, the picture, pardon the pun about the, um, you know, where, where you're working behind the scenes. I, I want to dig, dig into just one or two other questions, you know, just to get a picture, a little bit deeper picture about the environment within which you work. Is there a fair bit of conflict and how do you manage that conflict between different colleagues or as managers? So I would say nowadays, but I've talked to you about the scale down. So inevitably with the scale down, and it really is a scale down, what I've found is it's all the best guys that are left. So there's actually very little conflict, but I can assure you in the past there very much was a lot of conflict. And I've had to deal with that on many occasions. And I would say um, what, what I've learned from that, I think, is try and avoid things getting too hot, you know, I had, I had a situation a while ago with someone and I just let him spout off, you know, he, he, you know, he had a grievance that he wanted to vent and you could tell it was pre-rehearsed and he had it all thought through and I, I just let him talk it through and then just calmed the whole thing down and, and we had a, a, a very civil discussion about it afterwards and, and you know, resolved the issue. So, and, and I know that in the past I wouldn't have done that and that's probably a common error is where you can end up in this you know, this horrible escalating situation, you know, situation where you have a shouting match and it gets nowhere. So I, I think the key thing there is to stay calm and uh, and and let someone speak and and just calmly try and uh, resolve the, the the situation. So Alan, that's great. I mean, I I come from the corporate world, so it's just a nice way of saying I sit behind a computer most of the time, but. Um, you know, you're in a very different kind of work environment, a physical space. And I guess, um, you know, training is part of what we do. Do you get access to awareness training of how to manage better issues, conflicts, how to deal with them? Did, did, you, ever, did you ever formally receive any of that? We have actually had a bit of that, yeah. The company, probably more in recent years, way back, there really was none of that. But yeah, that's that's very much the culture nowadays. So we do we do. I would say in, in a year we probably have two or three courses and, and refresher courses, and yeah, we do, we do have training and, and, and that type of thing. And way back, there really really was none of that. And, that, and there's where you would you just had to wing it. You just had to, and and of course to go back to the drink thing. You're dealing with people who've been drinking as well. It was it was it was, it was pretty awful to be honest. It was tough. Um, but you know you learn. But yeah, of course, the courses have been good to to put things in the in the right place and go in the right direction. So yeah, that very much is the culture now. But most certainly, yeah. Before. No, fantastic. And I, I think one of the, one of the kind of um, adjunct question to that is over these number of years, issues that wouldn't have been issues back in back in the day, like for example, uh, the importance of mental health. That's become so much more prominent now. I'm guessing you've seen a lot of that change come through. Have you experienced that yourself? Um, yeah, I, I work in, again, a very probably quite an antiquated environment. So you would never see much evidence of that, although I have done, I have done. But yeah, we are probably, and it's a very male environment, so it probably... Um, it's never going to be a very open thing in our kind of environment. 
Um, there is access to help in such areas, but um, yeah, it's very much probably still a thing that isn't discussed very much. Um, I know I, I know people in the past who have who've, who've had issues, and uh, we're probably I don't know, and even this part of the country as well. It's you know the whole men and you know mental health thing. It's um, yeah, I was going to say. Do you know what springs to my mind is like the the football um, stadium chat that happens. Um, I was at a match a few weeks ago, and um, I heard two blokes behind me, and they were they were starting talking, and one of them says, "Oh, you know, how, how are you feeling?" And I was sat there going, "That's that's an interesting question. Like, I've I've not heard stuff like that on the the terraces, kind of." for quite a while, uh, ever, um, and I just thought it was interesting, like, you know, the guy went into, oh, I've had a few weeks off with anxiety, and they started talking, I thought that's a really good conversation to be having at a football match, and I just thought that's a really positive step forward, um, but do you think, in general, like, do you think enough people look after their health, mental and physical, like, how, how do you think the workplace has been affected by health in general? Yeah, I, I would say I think you did right. That's a great story, and and good on these two guys. I, I would I would put myself in that camp actually, but I probably always was. But yeah, I think a lot of environments struggle. I suppose the more macho environments, you know, inevitably will really struggle in that area. That I cannot see that as a, as a as a conversation that that any of us would ever have at work, um, even as scaled down as we are. You know. I mean, now at work in night shift, you're only working with a couple of guys closely and, and you do chat a lot, but I still think that's a bit of a, there's a barrier there, very much so, which which is a pity because, yeah, I think it's so important. You know, it's, it's great that, that things are changing in the right direction in that area, very much so. But yeah, I would say the environment I work in and, and the city I work in is an influence in that as well. Um, and kind of macho culture is it probably doesn't lend itself the way it should to to that kind of that kind of chat. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe I need to no. write to the SPL and say you know the next Rangers Celtic derby. I want the the halftime commentator to say to everybody, just turn to next next person next to you and ask them how they are. Maybe we need to start forcing the conversation a little bit in these macho environments. I don't know. Trust me. Trust me, it wouldn't work. He would be verbally assaulted <laughs> beyond belief. We've <laughs> <That would not laughs> <be good. laughs> got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. Alan, it's been great. It's been it's been fantastic speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Um I we've explored quite a few different things there, but I really want to go out on a high. So after so many years, you know, working in the same space, in the same place. You know, to wrap things up, what would you say is the thing that really makes an organisation worth working for? Well, first of all, I would say, you know, we, we've always been pretty well rewarded. So that's an obvious one. But especially with the influences of recent times, um, I've always felt it's good to know that we're providing a valuable product in newspapers, particularly to the older community. And we, we actually worked all through lockdown, right through, unchanged. Um, and, you know, I knew that we were providing a valuable service to particularly older people who typically might not as easily be okay with the technology. So, yeah, that, 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 that felt good to me. That was something that, that I was quite proud of. Yeah, and I think it's something we always go back to is, you know, you know, you need to know that your work matters, that the purpose is there, that you're there for a reason and 
that then that you're rewarded for that purpose as well. And I think that's um, a really nice point to end on in that we all need to know that our work matters and that we're rewarded for it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, hopefully I can see out the next few years. I mean, I think I always joke about this. People, friends remind me that I've all, for all the time they've known me, we've been going to shut down, you know, we've felt under 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 threat that, that it's all going to end. And here I am, I can't believe it. I'm still here and we're just, we're now busier than ever. Actually, only in recent weeks, we're absolutely rammed with work. So smaller newspapers, smaller print runs, but here we still are. And um, I'm pretty positive it will see me see me out for the next few years. So it's all been good. Yeah. yeah, I think there's something about picking up a newspaper or a book in printed form, and it just feels nicer than sometimes. Like I'm all for picking up my Kindle and reading the book on there or reading an article, but sometimes I just want to pick it up and actually read it in paper. So I think that's I don't think that's quite dead yet. Um, and you know, I think that's something that's going to be around for a while longer. Yeah, I think a while longer. It's, it is inevitably dying out with a certain generation, but yeah, it's, it's still there and, and, and long may it last. And, and you're, you're right in book form as well. It's very important. So let's just hope it, it keeps going for a good while longer. Well, it's amazing to hear such a different world of, of work to the classic kind of desk job. Um, Alan's workplace has so many kind of parallels to the facilities management world. So a huge thanks to him for sharing his thoughts and experiences of many decades in the same industry, even the same employer. And thanks from me as well. And before we sign off, don't forget you can catch all our episodes at Shape Your Work LinkedIn channel. Leave us a message, a like, and share on if you've heard something useful that you think others will be helped in uplifting their own experiences and productivity at work. So till next time.